Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Life and powered by our friends at Unabated. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. And as always, I'm joined by Peter Jennings, aka CSURAM88 of Unabated. And he's here to talk, of course, as always, some Thursday night football. We're going to highlight some of our favorite bets for the week and some lines that we are monitoring. Uh, I'm going to assume. Peter, that uh, you are on the same, or at least you were on the same for uh, week seven, the same lines uh, that I was on in contest plays. Uh, that didn't work out so well for me, but uh, maybe you were on different plays. Hopefully you were on different plays and that worked out well for you. Uh, Pete, how was your week seven? Yeah, in terms of the contest plays, uh, assume you went two and three. Uh, a lot of my contests went two and three, but I did take the Dolphins and I took the Ravens in quite a few contests. Uh, I went two and three in the 50K, but three and two. And actually had a couple four and ones where uh, on my teams that I was a little bit behind. So kind of consolidated uh, in the pools over on DraftKings. But yeah, had a horrible show, uh, two, two bad overs uh, here, but ended up actually having our best Sunday of the year by far. Uh, we won basically every bet, and our biggest position of the year was actually on the Ravens. Uh, I was We talked a lot about the Ravens on this show, and uh, yeah, we ended up having a huge position on the Ravens. So that worked out really well. The majority of this football season has been winning on Saturday, losing on Sunday, we flipped the script this last week and uh, had our best Sunday of the year. So it was a fun football Sunday. Uh, had some GPP sweats as well. Was rooting for Bales. Uh, he was right up there. We both had a Dolphins onslaught. I think I got like 18th in the Millie Maker and he was up kind of near the top two, was in second uh, near the end. So really fun week and uh, excited to hear for week seven. How was your uh, week six? Uh, I guess, yeah, it's, man, I'm mixing my weeks up. Uh, it is week seven. Last week was week six. Uh, week six was about as bad as all of the other <laughs> weeks have been, uh, maybe even a little bit worse in, in the contest, but I did have actually my best prop betting, uh, week of the year, which, uh, was nice to, to kind of get back on track with that. So, you know, uh, some steps forward, some steps back, we grind along, All right, Looking at Thursday night football, Jaguars at the saints. Uh, the Jaguars are one and a half, yeah, one, one and a half point underdogs uh, across the market. And there's some uncertainty as to whether Trevor Lawrence is going to play, but I think he's going to play. It, it looks like it's trending in that, in that direction. The total is now 40 across the market, uh, looking at the odd screen at unabated. Pete, you know, do you have any inclination, any leans on this game? Uh, you know, again, with the caveat that we don't know for sure if Trevor Lawrence is playing and that is uh, pretty impactful to how this game would play out. Yeah. So right now I lead the saints and there's a lot of ways you can play that. I, I do agree that Lawrence will probably play. So my view on the best way to play the game is you wait for Lawrence to get ruled in and then bet the saints. Um, I generally bet day of for the most part. Uh, I bet some things early uh, and it's really hard to win in the NFL day of, but uh, kind of with where limits are and everything else, broadly bet night before day of. And I'll certainly wait to, to bet this uh, Saints game on Thursday with the Trevor Lawrence news. Uh, but I do like the Saints quite a bit in this spot, especially if we get Lawrence in and that moves the line in a pretty big direction, which I assume it will. So uh, I like the Saints for a variety of reasons. Uh, I think the Saints are starting to find their offense. I'm a huge believer in Olave as a receiver. Kamara coming back is big. Derek Carr's getting healthier. And I think they'll have a pretty big advantage on that side of the football, specifically because the Jaguars have had a ton of injuries, especially in the secondary. So Jaguars coming in a little beat up. Trevor Lawrence, uh, I don't think will be 100%. 
His mobility is a big part of what makes him a good quarterback. Uh, so getting ruled in, hopefully the line moves towards the Jaguars and you can capitalize with the Saints here, who I think are better than the market's saying. And I think the Jaguars are worse given all the injuries they have on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, you know, I think I think you hit it there. If Trevor Lawrence were ruled in and this line stayed where it was, I would be on the Jags, but I doubt it would stay where it was. I think it would move a little bit. Uh, and then at, at that point, I would probably have some value on the Saints. I do have a position on the under. Uh, I bet it on the look ahead. So uh, 43 and a half was the number on the look ahead. It has obviously dropped significantly since then. I think even if Trevor Lawrence is ruled in, uh, this will not move back up all that much. Uh, and, and at the number of 40 right now, I'm still showing some value. I have this projected at 38 and a half. So um, on the under, that is where I am. Uh, Pete, anything in the prop market catch your eye? Yeah, I should be taking unders here in general, but I just can't help myself. And I've been biased towards this guy all year. And uh, I played him some in fantasy last week. Wasn't a dud, but wasn't what you needed to win. Uh, Chris Olave to me is is going to have a huge game here soon. And uh, there's a really good line out there. There's 61 and a half. It keeps moving. Uh, I saw 110 on the over. Now it's kind of 61 and a half, 62 and a half with a lot of places at like minus 125 or higher on the over. But I think that this is a great spot for him, especially given the injuries in the Jacksonville secondary. Uh, I just expect big things kind of in the second half for Chris Olave. Uh, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL, in my view. And Derek Carr is getting healthier. They're finding their chemistry. Uh, he had a ton of air yards last week, and uh, I'm expecting a big game from here at some point in time. So kind of works well. Uh, hope the Saints win. Uh, hope Olave does well. And that's kind of my thesis on the Saints as well, is that the secondary for the Jaguars will be a problem and that the Saints will be able to move the football. So I like the over on Olave for 61 and a half, minus 110 receiving yards. Yeah, big that Tyson Campbell uh, is highly unlikely to be playing in this game with a hamstring injury. So, uh, you know, number one corner for that team, uh, you know, he's not available. Uh, it feels like that would be a great situation for Olave, even in a, a laddering type of scenario where you take the over on his normal player prop, then you could take the over on, you know, 100 plus yards. Because I think if Olave has a, a good game, it's not stopping at, you know, 62 and a half. I, I think it could be the the type of eruption scenario where he has a really big game. Uh, I'm taking over Travis Etienne, 60 and a half rushing yards. Uh, this has moved up to 62 and a half. I would still bet it there. I have this projected at 70.3. Uh, so I think it's probably bettable to like 64 and a half. Uh, Etienne has just, you know, been smashing. Uh, he really is the engine as much as, uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, is like the guy in that offense. They are relying on Etienne to a degree that I would not have expected entering the season, just in terms of his workload. And of course you can check out the, um, the fantasy life utilization report to, uh, to kind of dig into the extent of the workload, but he is being used a lot. Uh, and he's, you know, a pretty efficient runner too. So 60 and a half, even against a, a good Saints defense, uh, I think is very viable. And by the way, all of the bets, uh, 100% free in our bet tracker at Fantasy Life. All right, Pete, let's talk about uh, some of the, I don't know if I'd call them necessarily best bets, but the bets that stand out to the most, the most to us right now in the current market uh, as having some value. So I want to start with you. You like the Ravens minus three. Uh, talk to me about this, uh, this position here. 
Yeah, I bet the Ravens every single week, and I'm I'm not going to slow down here. Uh, this Lions team was actually one of our better wins last week, but uh, I do think that there's still value here on the Saint or on the Ravens. I'm sorry, at minus three plus a hundred. Uh, that's available in a couple of places offshore. Uh, the regulated markets in general are at minus three, minus one ten. So shop for the best price, uh, whatever is available to you. Uh, but yeah, I think the Ravens are a much better team than the market still has them priced at. Uh, we saw a lot of line movement towards the Ravens at the end of last week. And I think we'll continue to see more money come in on this Ravens team. I'm just so impressed with Lamar Jackson. I think he's playing at an MVP level. Flowers finally got in the end zone. Uh, they're getting healthier at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I think this game in particular sets up well. Patrick Mahomes was able to run the football extremely well versus Lions team. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson will be able to run well. And there looks like there's going to be severe wins, which I really think favors this Ravens team. So the Lions, obviously, we're going to be out without, without Montgomery. We'll see where Gibbs is at. It sounds like he may play, but uh, I think that this is going to be kind of a slower game where running the football is really important. And I think that favors this Ravens team. So I'm bullish on the Ravens, continue to be bullish on the Ravens, uh, and I'm not slowing down. So uh, minus three plus 100, it shows quite a bit of value. Uh, to me, I think they should be more in the four, four and a half range for this game. So in the Thursday newsletter last week, uh, I looked at various teams that uh, the Massey Peabody power ratings that you guys have it unabated, uh, various teams that are high in those ratings relative to the market. Um, and the Buccaneers are one of the teams that uh, Rufus tends to like a little bit more than the market. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, sharp people are on the Ravens. Uh, I want to ask you about, about this. So Lamar Jackson, as awesome as he has been, um, I mean, obviously throughout his career, but then also, as you said, like he's playing at an underappreciatedly strong level this year where, his play doesn't necessarily match the production because there have been a lot of drops. Uh, the team hasn't been able to, you know, convert yards into touchdowns, um, but he's played well. The question is that still throughout his career, Lamar has tended to, to have been overvalued as a home favorite. Um, and, you know, it just, it's that spot where I just always get a little bit uncertain about backing him. He's 11 and 21 against the spread for his career as a home favorite. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Dan Campbell, uh, you know, has been a true hero as an underdog uh, and as a road underdog, he's 11 and six against the spread with the lions. So, you know, do you have any thoughts on Lamar as the home favorite? And if maybe this is a spot where the market is getting just a little too high on the Ravens. Certainly could be. Uh, I know a lot of sharps on the Ravens and maybe that's starting to be reflected more than I, than I still have it. I, I have the Ravens really, really high in my power ratings. Um, so I still think that there's value here. Uh, still given the Ravens home field advantage in a pretty big way. Um, that stat is a bit concerning, but you know, new teams. And uh, yeah, I just think Lamar has been awesome. 70% completion percentage this year with a punch of drops, running the ball really, really well. And yeah, the Ravens big issue has just been converting in the red zone. And I think that will regress to the mean. Uh, the Ravens used to be an awesome red zone offense. Uh, and I think they'll start running the football a little bit better and they have more weaponry uh, than they've had in the past. So I'm just optimistic that they'll figure things out. Uh, I do think Zay Flowers and some gadget plays will play big dividends. Obviously, Mark Andrews, uh, is still one of the best tight ends in the league. And if they can just establish a little bit better of a running game. I think they'll be in great shape. That'll really help Lamar. 
And I think Lamar will have an advantage running the football in this game. Uh, the Lions have really struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So that's my view. I think you bring up some good points, but uh, I'm still still trusting the numbers here and back in the Ravens. Uh, it's my favorite bet of the week. Yeah. So it's a game in which I, I haven't taken a position, uh, haven't taken a position on, uh, the spread. I do have uh, a position on the, let me make sure I'm actually correct on this. Uh, yes, I do have a position on the under, uh, I bet it early in the week when it was 44 and a half. So some, uh, some closing line value there. All right. One of my, uh, favorite bets here so far, Steelers plus three at the Rams. And I grabbed this originally when it was three and a half, like it a lot more at three and a half, but I think it's still bettable uh, at three. Uh, The Steelers, I mean, they've massively, like I would say both like underperformed and overperformed this year. Like they are lucky to be three and two. Um, They could legitimately be 0 and five based on the way that they have played this year. And, you know, Kenny Pickett, he's number 33 in the league, dead last in composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation. Um, I feel like that number has to get better. Like it has to regress positively because he's not worse than Mac Jones, not worse than Zach Wilson or Desmond Ritter. Like, right? Like, I, I think he's not worse than those guys. Uh, so I would expect the Steelers offense to be improved coming out of the bye. I also think they get back left tackle Dan Moore, right guard James Daniels tight end Pat Fryermuth, all of those guys were out in week five. Uh, and there's even a chance that they get back wide receiver Deontay Johnson, uh, who was uh, on the IR with a hamstring strain uh, and has now been uh, you know, activated into his 21-day practice window. So uh, there's a chance that- I think he plays, he, by the way. Yeah, yeah. There's a chance that even uh-huh. he is back this week. I, I think he probably does play this week. So a lot of things lining up right for the Steelers coming out of the bye. And I think this is a sell high spot on the Rams who are four one and one against the spread and who have a minimal home field advantage. Uh, People were definitely too low on them to start the year, but I think this is a spot where the market has maybe overreacted a little bit to what they have seen out of the Steelers, sorry, not the Steelers out of the Rams the past two weeks. So Steelers plus three, that is uh, a position that I have Pete. Raiders. It's disgusting. Uh, but it's probably the right side. You like Raiders minus three. Uh, talk to me about this bet. Yeah. I mean, I just have the bears way down in my power rankings Have the Raiders higher. There's so much injury stuff here. So this is, you know, really speculative here as we record on Wednesday afternoon, but, uh, I'm hopeful Jimmy G can play, uh, went to the hospital as a precaution. We'll see. Um, if he doesn't play, obviously this is a much worse play in general. Um, you know, there's still all the other issues we'll see about fields and there's just a ton of injuries across the board for, for all these teams. So, uh, it's something that I'm going to potentially wait on. Uh, I don't have a position yet, but just going through my numbers, uh, penciling in more players in than out. I have, I have the Raiders as like a four and a half point favorite. So it's a pretty big difference, uh, with the current market number and my number. Uh, that being said, you know, maybe I have the entry stuff wrong. So, uh, what, what's your view on Jimmy G playing? Do you think he's going to play? Have you seen anything as we record here on Wednesday? Uh, that's a, a big part of kind of this thesis is that I have him in, which maybe is wrong. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good question. So I do initial projections Sunday night, Monday morning. And when I was doing the initial projections, I assumed that Garoppolo would be out. 
Uh, and so that's accounted for in my projections. But then when I was doing, and when I say projections, that's team level projections. So projecting out the spread and the total. Uh, and then this morning when I was projecting out players, uh, I was doing more research looking at stuff. And I noticed like, hey, there's actually a, it looks like a pretty good chance that Garoppolo is playing in this game. So I started looking at, uh, you know, other projection sets across the industry just to see what they were doing. And they're projecting Garoppolo as if he's in. Um, and I think it is likelier than not that he plays. And I would say it's far likelier that he plays than Justin Fields plays. So I he's would doubtful, say, right? Fields yes. Is doubtful. Yes. And so okay. as we're recording so I have, this. I have that exactly right. Yeah. As we're recording this, he's not officially doubtful, but they have already said that they are doubtful that he plays in this game. So he has kind of the unofficial doubtful designation already attached to him. So I think it's very unlikely that we see Justin Fields. And I think it's likelier than not that we see Garoppolo. And so I think if there were people who did like the Raiders, uh, you bet it now. And, uh, you know, when I update my game projections, I will probably be showing value on the Raiders under the assumption that Garoppolo is likely to play. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's an intriguing bet there. And this number did hit minus three at some books and it got bet back down. But I think, you know, with more Garoppolo positivity, uh, I imagine that this would move past three. Do, do you think this will move past three if Garoppolo is in? Yeah, for sure. There's some three and a halfs out there briefly. Um, and we're seeing a lot of threes at minus 115 now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably a reasonable circuit minus 115 as we record. Bet MGM at minus 115 as we record. Uh, and yeah, I have fields out Garoppolo in. So just monitor that. If that, if I have that wrong, then obviously the, the line will change. So this is not something I bet, but I'm, I'm continuing to monitor. And if you are someone who's not, you know, trying to bet huge and, and betting smaller, uh, it's definitely beneficial to bet earlier in the week and you can kind of watch the injury stuff, see if you can read the tea leaves and make bets that way. Uh, there's much more inefficiencies in the market earlier in the week versus later in the week for NFL. All right. Uh, one of the other bets that I have here as a favorite, uh, I want to get your your thoughts on this uh, Sunday night football Dolphins at the Eagles. Uh, I've bet on the Dolphins at two and a half. Uh, it was the last two and a half in the market. I was hoping uh, against hope that this would somehow get to three because uh, obviously love it much more on the key number, but uh, it has moved towards the, the Dolphins. Uh, you see twos pretty commonly across the market. Uh, I would still bet this at, you know, one and a half, but really, you know, like if you like the dolphins, you're betting the money line here, but the dolphins are number one in offensive EPA, offensive success rate yards per play. Uh, they've been a especially strong in the passing game quarterback to a tug of ILO. Obviously he's, uh, you know, leading in the MVP market, number one in composite EPA and, and uh, completion percentage over expectation. Number one in adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, you know, he's got a great play caller and great playmakers around him. And then you look at the Eagles secondary. Uh, I mean, I could list all of the names, but I, I won't because it's just too many names. But basically, bottom line, if things break kind of wrong for the Eagles in the injury situation, which definitely should be monitored, if things break wrong, they could be without four starters in the secondary and four backups in the secondary. Some of those guys are on, on IR. Some of them were out last week. Some of them exited last week with injuries. But even if things break right, for the Eagles in terms of the injuries in their secondary. That means they will still have guys out there who are far less than 100% uh, and who haven't practiced consistently for weeks. And those guys will be trying to defend Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. 
I, I don't, I don't think that's going to work out well. So uh, again, I have this projected very close to a pick em. I would say there's still value at, at one and a half in the market. Uh, and I bet it at two and a half. Uh, and I'm also interested in the over in this game, but I haven't bet it yet. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game, Pete? Well, I have it as my, the bet that I'm thinking about is, is Dolphins plus two and a half. It uh, looks like there's no two and a half even available. So that yeah. looks like a pretty good bet uh, at this point in time. Uh, there's a lot of plus twos out there, but uh, actually there's one two and a half that I'm seeing uh, available. Uh, the score has it. Uh, points bet may still have it too. So the two and a half is interesting. Um, I, I certainly like that versus the two. Um, to me, it's a, a spot where the Dolphins offense is the best in the league by far. Uh, the Eagles defense is really beat up, so I think they have an advantage there. I do worry about the Dolphins stopping this Eagles offense, so the, the over is intriguing too. And I guess the, the big concern of your back in the Dolphins is that they're not as efficient and uh, you know the Eagles control the ball running the football. So that, that would be my concern. But yeah, I, I love this Dolphins team. I've been backing them most of the year. Uh, continue to play the onslaughts in fantasy. That's probably over, and unfortunately we don't get to you know have them on the main slate. So bummed I didn't ship anything huge, just, just stacking up the Dolphins. Uh, the market's finally caught up there, but yeah, it's uh, a really intriguing matchup and this could be the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think the best teams in the NFL right now are probably the Niners and the Dolphins, but, uh, this certainly has potential to, to be there. Uh, you know, the chiefs, the bills, those are probably the other AFC teams that are intriguing. And in the NFC, it's really, to me, the 49ers, uh, the Eagles, and then maybe the Cowboys. So potential Super Bowl matchup should be an awesome game. Uh, really fun for showdown. And uh, yeah, I lean the Dolphins if I had to pick a side right now. So for tomorrow's newsletter, uh, I'm looking at some of the teams that are, you know, at the top of the league and against the spread win percentage. So the Dolphins are up there five and one against the spread. They've been a fantastic team to back so far. Uh, and then there are a couple other teams up there. The Rams, for instance, uh, have done really well for betters. They're four one and one against the spread. The Dolphins you know, I think the market is finally coming around to the idea of, hey, this is a really great team. You know, that's reflected in the fact that Tua is uh, the clear front runner at this point in the MVP market. How do you think the market will respond to the Dolphins for the rest of the year? You know, like they've been profitable so far. Is the market now correct on the Dolphins or do you think there is still more room to go? Well, the market's saying that they're a better team than the Eagles uh, on a neutral field, which is pretty, pretty strong. Uh, I've been a little bearish on the Eagles relative to the market throughout the year. That really hasn't paid off in a big way. But uh, I do think the Dolphins are probably properly priced now, uh, which is the, the reason I'm not just like hammering this in. But I still think it's really interesting. Uh, I do think Tua is a really great shot to be the MVP. And, you know, on the same team, it'd be interesting to see if Tyreek keeps up this uh, insane season. It could be Tua or Tyreek as MVP. And we haven't seen... Have we ever seen a receiver be MVP? I don't know if we have. I know that there's some talk about Jerry Rice's seasons uh, where he had some great years. I don't think we've ever seen a receiver be MVP. I don't believe so. we have. Yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy to see. I don't think it's impossible given how amazing he's been. Um, I was worried that he that he pulled his hammy uh, and it was just cramps in that game. So happy to see him back on the field. And yeah, it should be awesome. And I do think the Dolphins are probably properly rated in the power rankings. Um at this point in time, uh, those top three, four, five teams are, are definitely really close. Um, you know, I think Massey Peabody has San Francisco one. They still have Buffalo higher than I do, but Kansas City, Miami, Philly, kind of in that range. So 
yeah, I, I think this is a, a great game. And um, to your question, I think they're probably properly rated at this point in time. All right. So I think last week uh, in the you know one kind of out there thing you believe about week six segment, um, I believe it was something like a Falcons pass catcher will be in the uh, Millie maker winning team. And uh, I mean, I think that was that was the right call, right? Wasn't Desmond Ritter uh, double stacked in the Millie maker winner? Yeah, that's true. And I, my, my, one of my best teams was a, a Ritter double stack as well. That was one of the only things I got right. I had the over on that game, which missed by a couple points. That looked like it was definitely going over and it was just 24 to 16 for like most of the fourth quarter. And then I really got the Rams Arizona call. I felt really stupid about that. Um, one thing too, if you're just watching these markets, you can kind of tell, you know, how, how, if you're listening to people like where the market closes and uh, I got that wrong, the market closed, uh, lower than where I was, was talking about with the over. So that was just blatantly wrong, uh, bad result, but also the line movement is more indicative of, of the strength of the pick. So got those wrong, but at least got the Falcons stuff right. And uh, yeah, I think we'll see some more potential games from uh, this Atlanta team uh, and the right environments. Pitt's got going. I still think Drake London's a baller and Bijan Robinson's going to have some really big games. Uh, so if they can find some weak defenses like last week, I think they'll probably have a couple more matchups uh, than they're decent to fire up, but most weeks it's going to be pretty ugly for this Falcons offense. All right. So I, I think you're on a heater, right? You had Brees Hall uh, crushing the Broncos two weeks ago. You had uh, the, the Falcons pass catchers doing well last week. What do you have for us this week? Yeah, the easy call is Seattle. I'm all in on Seattle. I think that's the the really straightforward call. But my more out there call that uh, kind of backs what I was saying before is that Lamar Jackson's on the GPP winning team. Uh, that's crazy to say, given that total keeps coming down. There's a lot of wind, so it's concerning. But I think he does it with his legs. Uh, 100 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's a really, really big start as a quarterback. I think that's certainly possible. And uh, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson is a really good shot to be on the GPP winning team. I'd probably stack him with Flowers or Mark Andrews and hope that he connects on a touchdown there. But I just, I, I think this Ravens team is awesome. I think Lamar's playing at an MVP level. And uh, I think this week, uh, he will be, you know, really low owned because, uh, the total in that game is so low. And I think you get him uh, a great ownership and he's a GPP winner. So hopefully we can keep the, the fantasy hot streak alive. What, what's your, uh, out there thing this week, Friedman? Well, I mean, maybe it's not that out there. Cause, uh, you mentioned Seattle, I I'm going with Seattle, but it's, I'm going running and receiving, uh, Kenneth Walker and DK yeah. Metcalf. I think they both have a hundred yards and a touchdown. I think it is just a total onslaught situation for Seattle where uh, they're going against a defense that is increasingly outmatched. And uh, the Seahawks, uh, I mean, there are no like moral <laughs> moral victories in the NFL, but uh, they played well last week. You know, like if you just sort of like adjust the box scores, look at, look at uh, production, they probably should have beaten the Bengals last week. And then I think people would be looking oh. at them in a, in a different light. But uh, impressed. I'm impressed by what I've seen. And Kenneth Walker, like, I'm not saying he's the best running back in the league, but you know, like what Jonathan Taylor was in his second season, I feel like like Kenneth Walker is kind of primed for something like that. Like he's he's legit. Um, I think he's playing better this year than he did last year when he was number two in offensive rookie of the year voting. So uh, I think it's just a total 
total onslaught from the Seahawks over on 100 rushing yards and a touchdown for both Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf. Cool. Yeah, Freeman, I'll re- here's what we had last week for, for big bets. We had the Ravens as our biggest position. We had Washington plus 115 on the money line, Cleveland plus nine and a half and Cleveland money line. Seattle plus three was another big position. And that game was, I think, the only our other only other loss. We had the uh, Rams in the second half. Uh, we had a bunch of stuff that went really, really well. We had the Texans plus 120. That may – did the Texans win last week? I'm trying to remember. They beat the Saints, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they beat the Saints. So I, I think we only had the one loss. So it was, an, it was an amazing week. And we almost had the sweep. And I feel like Seattle was 100% the right side. I watched yeah. a lot of that game uh, and watched some of it back. I mean – Gino had some egregious turnovers in the red zone, and uh, there's a lot of ways they could have easily won that game. They moved the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't convert those into points. And, yeah, when you turn the ball over uh, in the red zone, I mean, Gino had one just egregious interception uh, in the red zone. So, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about Seattle. And for the same reasons I was so high on the over initially with that Rams-Arizona game, I have not seen anything from this Arizona defense that gives me any sort of confidence that they can stop anybody and I think Seattle's offense is pretty awesome. So uh, I like Seattle a lot in fantasy, but they'll be really popular. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, the contest pools. Uh, you know, we are both in various contests at DraftKings. And uh, again, a a really bad week for me last week. I went one and four. And it's just like, uh, got to get back. Got to get back. Uh Jennings, any uh, big picture thoughts as we are uh, entering week seven? And it looks like contest lines haven't even posted yet. So this is just more sort of like philosophical thoughts on uh, how to approach the contest this week. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at the board. There's some injury stuff. I mean, this Bears Raiders game could move a lot depending when they put that out there. Uh, we didn't talk about the commanders and Giants. That's one that may move a little bit. The Giants have a lot of key pieces that could come back. Uh, especially if they can get healthy on the offensive line. And I haven't seen the Daniel Jones speculation yet. Um, so, yeah, watch the injuries. Um, we've seen some live movement already. I think we'll see a decent bit more. Uh, so, yeah, it should be a fun week. And uh, the other one that is really intriguing that could be probably the biggest edge in the pools is this Jaguars-Saints line, depending on who gets, you know, the Lawrence stuff in particular. Uh, and most people don't take the Thursday game in the pools. So, you know, Lawrence gets ruled in. Maybe I'll have a bet on the Saints and then take the Jaguars in the pool as like a, a little hedge because you'll get a stale line today. So, yeah, make sure you're monitoring all the injuries. And I think we'll see. We ran super hot, obviously, with kind of the the closing lines and, and how we started off. And I've had some some rough weeks with uh, the big favorites. Last week, the biggest one that almost every Sharp had in their pools was San Francisco. Uh, you know, you got San Francisco minus five and a half, I think. And obviously that closed in the nine and a half range. So that was a no-brainer pick. And they lost, unfortunately. So uh, you just keep trusting the process and uh, take those edges. I think that'll pay off in the long run. Yeah, as you mentioned, the the quarterback injuries, uh, I think that is going to result in some contest lines that end up way off from the closing lines. Uh, and that could drive a lot of investment uh, this week. I think the Dolphins and the Eagles will probably both be popular given that it's a primetime game and you know, that's just a, a game where people are going to expect a lot of points. And then I think the longer underdogs, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Vikings, I think there's going to be uh, you know, minimal exposure in the contest for those teams, especially the Patriots and Cardinals, uh, both of whom lost and failed to cover last week. So 
those are the initial thoughts on the contest. And hopefully, hopefully I do better this week than last week, last week. All right. That is going to do it for this best bets episode of the betting life podcast powered by unabated. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends, join the discord, see all of our bets and the free fantasy life bet tracker and follow us on social media at CSU Ram 88 and Matt F the Oracle. Thank you. And see you again next episode.